It's time for a Big Blue Kickoff Live. Nobody can ever tell you that you couldn't do it because you did. On Giants.com. You know what I saw? New York Giant Prime. And the Giants mobile app. We'll punch you in the nose for 60 minutes with a relentless competitive attitude. Part of the Giants Podcast Network. Let's go out there like a bunch of crazy dogs. Have some fun. Happy Victory Monday, everybody, and welcome to another edition of Big Blue Kickoff Live right here on Giants.com and the Giants mobile app. John Schmelk, Paul Dottino with you. The phone number. 201-939-4513, hashtag Giants Chat. And it's good to talk to you guys after a win. It's been a few weeks, but Paul, we're back in the Giants with a convincing 25-3 win over the Carolina Panthers. A second half yesterday, John, that I think everybody would be pleased with had they seen that from the beginning of the season, but that was not the case. Yeah, and, and you know, I'm, really, I'm sorry. No, no, I, to me... I think that's the blueprint that I'd like to see them follow going forward, even though I understand that they were depleted and they are expecting some of their star players back. I still think the the way that they played, the style of ball that they played, the few amount of mistakes that they made in the second half, if they can package that and do that moving forward, they'll be in a lot more games and they'll win more games. Well, look, I, I, I don't want to discount what the offense did here, Paul, but I'm pretty much going to do that right now. I want to give the bulk of the credit here to the Giants' defense. They're the reason the no Giants doubt. won this game. And 173 total yards. That's it. Absolutely. And look, they had to. When you go into a game and you don't have your starting left tackle, you don't have your superstar running back, you don't have your top one, two, three wide receivers, your defense is going to have to pick up slack here, especially when you go up against the Panthers' pass rush that is strong. And they have good pass rushers, and your offensive line is banged up. Not even talking about no Shane Lemieux, no Nick Gates, which has been since the beginning of the year, right? So the only reason the Giants were able to play the way they did offensively, and I have to give Jason Garrett a lot of credit here, he devised a game plan that protected the offensive line. I went through it today, Paul. You haven't read my submission yet, but this is in co- this is going to be in my five factors that's posting up later this afternoon on Giants.com. Take a gander. How many non-play action, straight dropbacks the Giants had today where Daniel Jones held the ball for more than two seconds in the game? If it's two, that's a lot. It was six. Was it really six? It doesn't seem like it was that many. Two of them were sacks. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, and that's probably why I didn't even think about those. And then he went two for four for 14 yards on the other two. And that's how you can have success with a poor offensive line. Now, here's the thing. He ran screens, moved the pocket, ran play action, mm-hmm. ran RPOs, chipped a lot on Matt Parrott's side. All of that stuff. And that can work. But that can only work if your defense slows down the opposing offense enough where you can survive not having an explosive offense. Paul, they only attempted one pass that traveled more than 20 yards in the air the entire game. So, yes, the offensive game plan was great. They didn't make mistakes. They executed the game plan exactly the way they had to. But the only reason they were able to execute the game plan that way to lead to a victory is because the defense shut down the Panthers' offense. I don't think anybody would disagree with that, John. I thought the special teams, even though there were some penalties, I thought the special teams' coverage units were very good. And so the field position was clearly tilted for the Giants. Average field position was, what, 22 for Carolina? Yep. 36 for the Giants? Is that right? It was, pretty, it was pretty close to that. Uh, 22 and 36, yes. Okay. Uh, when you can do that and shorten the field for your offense and lengthen the field 
for the other team's offense, you're going to be at an advantage. Uh, so there's no question that those factors were significant. I also think the other thing to me that that was a big deal, and I, I don't want to get carried away on this because it, it, it's not right. I don't want to take any credit away from the Giants defense, but that was Sam Darnold, a guy who I – who I, oh, you're, I, you're I slapped fair. him around pretty good last week on the air saying I don't, he didn't play well. He didn't I don't think well. much of him. I never have. Okay. He's Mr. Inconsistency. He's Mr. Throw it wildly and accurately and throw it up for grabs. Mm-hmm. Uh, he showed those tendencies again to yep. the point where they actually had to bench him. Yep. Okay. You're right. So, so I'm not going to necessarily give out five gold medals to the defense, despite the fact that they only gave up 173 yards and only three points. That's great. But I did tell people, and I've been telling them since he came out of USC, Sam Donald, at best, will be maybe pretty good at best. I've never liked him. I didn't like him in that draft. I still don't like him today, other than the fact that he helped the Giants win a game. Don't hurt yourself patting yourself on the back. Well, I'm not a fan. Never have been. I, I, I know Josh Allen was my guy that year. I know, I know, Paul. I'm aware. You know, um, but I, I, I don't want to, I don't want to get too jacked up over the Giants' D only oh, because no. I, I have, I would be disingenuous if I didn't raise the fact that I've never thought anything no, about Sam. Oh, look, I'm, my point is that in this individual game, the defense played extremely well, and they sure did. This, the execution was very high. This doesn't mean that they're going to play extremely well against Patrick Mahomes or extremely well against Derek Carr no, in two weeks no. or extremely well in Tom against Tom Brady in four weeks. No. That no. that's not what this means. But for this individual game against the opponent that they faced, they did. They did as good of a job as they could. And I think they got pressure. And there are two parts to it. Right. Pressure is number one. They one did a good they, job. They stopped the run, which forced them into passing situations. They had the highest pressure rate in the league this week, over fifty percent. Dexter Lawrence, who doesn't have the stats of Leonard Williams and Ojulari, I thought was the best of the three. All three he of them good, though. Two offen- no question. He forced two offensive holding penalties. I mm-hmm. thought Ojulari was second. Um, they lined them up over the left tackle in the fourth quarter, and Brady Christensen could not block him on those final two drives. He kind of did stockpile a lot of his stats on those final two Panther that's drives, okay. but that's fine. That's okay. And Leonard Williams was solid running past the whole game, too. So they played well. And then when you- I watched the tape this morning, Paul, I watched, I thought this watching the tape, and then I saw what Pro Football Focus's tracking showed. The Giants played man-to-man defense once the whole game. They were in cover three two-thirds of the time, cover four around 30% of the time. They were just in zone. And if you looked at the tape, there were not open players. And the pressure got there soon enough where there wasn't time for them to open up after the initial play broke down. So give the secondary credit, give the pass rush credit. They really didn't give the Panthers' offense any avenues here to gain yards consistently. I will go one degree further. How many missed tackles? Uh, for the Panthers' defense or the Giants' defense? For the defense? Giants' defense. I can try very, to find very that quickly. Few. Very, very few. I did not track it yet. I have not reviewed the game as of this morning. I watched the Knicks lose last night to Orlando. Did not make me very happy. Yeah, you kiboshed them on the way out the door. In the I ruined radio. them. Yeah, I know you did. Thanks. The, 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 the KOD, kiss don't, of death. Don't bring your kiss of death to my Knicks, okay? Oh, Keep them goodness. with your people over there. I please. go back to Red Holtzman now. Don't call them your Knicks. But here's the deal. Uh, the, the missed tackles were kept to a minimum. And if they did miss a few, they were not painful. They did not come in critical situations. They did not go for big plays. 
And the fact that they were able to clean that up to me was a was a very significant uh, factor in the game. And it was Leonard Williams who told me last week on the MSG show, the Joe Judge report that we did to preview the game, who said to me that they had spent a tremendous amount of detail last week on the fundamentals about breaking free, disengaging, and making sure that they were fundamentally sound with their techniques. I have him two forced missed tackles in the run game and only four in the pass game. That's well, what I have here. There you go. Yeah. See, now to me, when I used to track those things in years past, to me, six was an acceptable number. When it started getting up to that eight, nine, ten double digits, there are games I've seen where it's been 14. Oh, yeah. 15, 16. Those things happen. I've seen that in the last several years from this team. And that's not the case now coming off of yesterday's game. And, they gave, and that's a big deal. And they gave up no big plays. They gave up two passes of 15-plus yards the entire game. That's it. And what have we talked about all year? What's the reason this giant defense has struggled? They haven't stopped the run. They've given up too many big plays. What do they do both well in this game? Those two things. Well, and by the way, pass rush has something to do with that, too. So and those both are the of three. those things that happen, though, rushing yardage... And big plays against your secondary happen a lot of times because of missed tackles. Absolutely. So you clean that up and you really help yourself a lot. Let's open up the phones here, Taylor. 201-939-4513. 201-939-4513. We'll get you guys up and we'll take your calls here. Uh, And then, Paul, look, I just think it's a much-needed win. And this is the kind of the overriding point I made last night. And after watching this game, I, I stick by it. You know, too many times when the Giants, and I think we saw it in some cases against Washington and Atlanta earlier in the year, when you're facing teams that have significant weaknesses, you have to be able to attack and take advantage of those weaknesses. The Giants too often have not been able to do that on a consistent basis against your non-upper echelon teams. Now, I'm taking the Rams, and I'm taking the Cowboys, and I'm pushing those aside because I think we both think those teams are, you know, division-winning double-digit win caliber They've got teams. playmakers. Yes. So not as many obvious weaknesses. But a team like Carolina, we identified heading into this game. You talked about the quarterback already. Their offensive line, except for Taylor Moten, have struggled all year round. So they have, in the secondary on the other end, they have issues here or there that you could take advantage of, and the Giants are able to find those weaknesses and exploit them, at least in this particular game. Well, they did it certainly in the second half. In the first half, when it was 5-3 Giants, we were both saying to ourselves, yes. this should have been at least 14-3 to Giants, and, and if we, not more. And, we, and this is what I said to somebody at halftime, Paul. Is this going to be a deal where the Giants are going to continue to outplay Carolina, the mistakes will go away, and they'll go on to win the game convincingly, which ended up be what happened. Yes. Or is this going to be a game where the first half haunts them? This was your chance to take the big lead. You blew it, and now the Panthers are going to play better in the second half, and you're going to lose by three and regret those illegal man downfield penalties. On a 65-yard field goal, by the way. <laughs> exactly. Those illegal procedure penalties and all that stuff that short-circuited some of those drives in the first half. Totally understand that, John. And that's why at halftime, I was not really sure how I felt about the Giants' status. Yeah, me neither. I, I really wasn't. Yeah. You know, but but then when they came out in the third quarter, and as the, the game progressed, and I'm saying to myself, okay, yeah, Donald is still Donald. He hasn't changed. That's going to help. I mean, to me, the, the one thing that did happen in the first half that made me think this day was going to be a little bit different 
was when Bradbury held on to the interception <laughs> with about three and a half minutes left in the second quarter because if you don't catch that one, by the way, you got pro- you well. Got pro- but they have dropped <laughs> similar know. picks. I know, I know. And this time, and 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 I, I, I we talked about this last week. I said, John, you know Donald's going to give them chances at picks. You know he's going to do it. Will they hold them? And Bradbury held on to that one. And even though there was an exchange of possession in the final three and a half minutes of the second quarter, which nobody did anything with, to me, that interception, which stalled a drive where Carolina was at the Giants' 25-yard line, you have to believe they're at least going to get three out of that, right? Well, think about it. If they add three points to their total, there's a legitimate chance the Giants go down into the locker room at 6-5. Yep. Mm -hmm. Right? How does that change the mentality and the emotion of the team? Or the offensive approach in the second half? Do you, I, do you try to get a little too aggressive and then you have a strip sack or something like that? And God forbid that the Panthers had scored a touchdown. Right. Right? Yeah. And made it made it 10-5 to five going into the third quarter. The, the psychological impact of, of that, you know, throwing the ball up to center field by Donald and Bradbury holding on to it, to me, was very important. And by the way, that was a big Dexter Lawrence play because they it had was. It, they, well. First of all, you had a four-yard loss on an Ojolari play in the backfield to make it second and fourteen. Then Dexter Lawrence gets pressured. He gets tackled from behind. They called an offensive holding penalty, and that pushed it back to second and twenty-four. By the way, at the time, I wasn't sure they should accept that penalty. I thought maybe third and fourteen is better than second and twenty-four. I didn't want to give him two downs. I turned out to be dead wrong because they got the interception, but. Initially, I thought that was a legitimate question, whether or not you should take third and 14 and take it down away or do second and 24. I think in their minds, they were thinking back them up because if there's any chance of taking away their field goal opportunity. And that was Carl Banks's point on the air, too. They wanted to make mm-hmm. sure that there was a legit chance to get away without any points. Well, and then Donald got too aggressive. Look, there was there was a really small window there to try to get it to his tight end, Very Ian Thomas, small. but it would have to be like a extremely, extremely accurate throw to layer it between those linebackers and safeties who both did a pretty darn good job in coverage. Yeah, and Bradbury read it. He said he yeah. came off his guy and he knew what was going on. Yeah, he was carrying the the wheel route up the sideline. Well, no, was he carrying the wheel route or was he carrying the post? I think he was carrying the post. It was and the he left came post? The yeah. yeah, correct. And and he he read it, came off the route. Went over to center field and made the pick. So I thought that was a much more significant play than I think people will talk about or give it credit to because of the way the Giants have trended all season. That was something that broke the trend and did make me feel a little more confident in them at halftime. But I still thought the game could tip either way. Well, let's get to the calls. Let's, let's go. Let's get some happy Giant fans. 201-939-4513. 201-939-4513. Charlie can't call today because this is a happy day. We don't want him to destroy all the good vibe. What if it's a happy Charlie? It's not going to be. He's never happy. Don't mention the name. Then he's going to call in. <laughs> it's your fault again. You know. You're, uh, Paul, you're killing me. Vinny in Connecticut will lead us off. Vinny, what's going on? Hey, fellas. Um, Hi. I did call in last week, and, uh, yeah, I, I don't want to hear from Charlie today, please. Um, you guys there? Yeah, we're here. We're listening. Okay. Um, I did call in last week. I, I made the mention of um, the offensive line uh, using the Dallas Cowboy analogy. And, and again, I, I want to emphasize that the Giants 
I mean, they had so many opportunities to punch that ball in. They should have scored 35, 38 points easily yesterday. Um, I am happy with the victory, but I am still so frustrated watching this offensive line unable to block. We can't run. We're one-dimensional. Danny's doing everything on his own. Well, Vinny, you have to understand, Uh, too. Look, you're not wrong. The offensive line is... Something that they have to scheme around at they this point. They haven't blocked well all year, John. No, but look, I, I, look, and that's all true. You also have to remember they're missing three out of their five starters at the start of the year. I mean, you have one guy that you traded for in August. You have, you know, a, a guy who lost out at the right tackle spot in the preseason in a left tackle, and he actually played a, a, a pretty. They gave him a lot of help, but he actually did a pretty good job in the game. Matt paired yesterday, and. They've been cycling through three different left guards here trying to find an answer. So I don't disagree, Vin. The offensive line has, has not shown, but it's also, frankly, a bunch of backups. So I, I don't want to kill them too bad because that's just kind of the, there just isn't a lot of offensive line depth in the league I, I, these days. And, it's and hard. John, I'm going to call. I'm going to help you out here. I, I, I understand John's point because we've all tried to temper every one of our emotions about this. But when you have first and goal at the two-yard line oh, no, at the end in. of the first quarter I know, I know. and you can't ram that ball no, over the goal line. No argument. I'm sorry. You're, you're an NFL player. I don't care if you're fifth string. I wasn't talking about you that. Gotta, you got to do that, John. Yeah, I wasn't referencing that particular series. I, I just I, meant overall. I, that's, that's, that's where I'm I have, I have a point, though. I want, I want to, you know, I'm going to get to the trade question, which sure. is really where I'm alluding to here. I want to get to, but... Um, you know, we're, we're very deep on the receiving core. We can't argue that, you know, Pettis comes in, he, he plays great, right? You aren't getting uh, a good offensive in, line for Dante Pettis. They, they, they play really good when they come in, whoever's coming in. You know, but we need the, – here's the million-dollar question. Yes. The million-dollar question is this. We are just – a statement first. I look at the standings, I'm like, man, the NFC is bad. We, we're as bad as our record – we're one game behind the second wild card spot. Now, I know that's a crazy thing to even look at, but I did take a peek at it. So the question is, with the trade uh, deadline looming, does it make sense for us to be a buyer and look for a proven offensive lineman or two with Who's the trade deadline give one looming? Up? To be frank, I'm not trying to be, I'm not trying to be uh, funny with you. Who's going to give up a quality offensive lineman in the middle of the season? A team that's got a bad record, like so, Jacksonville. Well, if Jacksonville doesn't really have any quality offensive line. That's part of the reason why their record's probably terrible. But, yeah, I mean, look, you still have to give them some. I mean, Jacksonville will happily trade you a veteran offensive lineman if you want to give him a draft pick. Who do you want? Well, I don't know. That's a question. For, I'm actually asking you guys. I really don't. I don't. I don't know. That's. It's just a question. No, know? no, no. I hear you, Vin. No, no. Look, and it's fair. I understand you're trying to improve the offensive line, and and we wouldn't disagree with that being a goal. That that's sure. great. Unfortunately, could you find and maybe peel off a backup from somebody's team in a trade? Sure. How much of an upgrade is that going to be for you? I think is a very fair question, uh, depending on the player you're talking about. You know, and, and we've had this conversation with other calls before. The problem in the NFL now, there just is not a lot of depth on the offensive line around the league anymore. It's a very thin position for most teams. Forget about talking about a tackle. You can put that in the garbage can right now. You, no one's training you a tackle. You can rarely get those even right. in free agency. Oh, no, Never mind can't. try to get one in so a trade. maybe can you find somebody that you like on somebody's roster that could be right now a backup at guard? 
and try to bring him in, sure, uh, you're probably, A, going to have to overpay for that player because the other team's going to realize that you're desperate. And you're, if it's a bad team, they're probably going to want a future asset rather than a current player. And to Paul's point, if they're a good team, they're not going to want to trade you an offensive lineman to begin with. So of not. this is, in my opinion, if you're dealing with a team that is primarily looking towards the future and they're not that concerned at the current time about the present, you're talking about moving a draft pick. And I would be very hesitant to move a draft pick for a guy that's a backup interior offensive lineman on another team that you don't even know will be much of an upgrade. Remember, they already did a trade like this when they traded for Ben Bredesen. Yeah, listen, I agree with you 100%. I don't want to give up a draft pick for a backup. I'd be willing to give up a draft pick for a proven commodity, for sure. Um, Would you trade a second-round pick or a first-round pick for a proven commodity? Because that's what it's going to cost you. See, knowing how many teams are hurting for offensive linemen, you no matter what the price is going to be, it's going to be an overpay. There's yep. no other yep. way to get around it. And trust me, the Packers would love to have another offensive lineman. You don't think the Chiefs are out there right now looking for offensive linemen to help that line when Patrick Mahomes is getting the you-know-what beat out of him every game? I mean, there are every team in this league, the Raiders are another team that has a good record. They need help on the offensive line. I mean, go down the list. So Paul's right. So with our, with, our, with our draft picks next year, yeah. okay, we're going to be loaded. Let's hope the Bears tank, right? And we've got two great draft picks coming in right off the bat. Um, do you agree they've got to go offensive lineman, offensive lineman? No. No, because you don't know who's going to be available. Right. You don't, Paul, you, you do not pick positions. You pick players. You know, Paul and I would have loved to pick that, a bunch that, of— that's, that's why we're in the trouble we're in is— no, is we've not done anything really with the offensive line other than uh, uh, Thomas. You know, Andrew they, Thomas. No, no, no. That's, they they use they use a second round pick on Will Hernandez. They use the third round pick on Matt Parrott. So those are three picks in the first two days that they use on offensive linemen. Here, here's the thing. Okay, thanks if, for the call, Paul. We appreciate it. Thank you. If you're looking at what they need to do now going forward for the rest of this season, forget about the offseason. That's just too far ahead. Yeah, correct. We even said that on the post game yesterday. Yes. It's crazy to look that far ahead. But if you're looking at this offensive line now and you're trying to find a way to improve it, number one, you believe that Andrew Thomas will be back sooner rather than later. That in itself will help. Well, two weeks is the obviously minimum that he's going to be out. Right, right. And from what we understand, there's a lot of hope that it will only be the three-game IR list. Well, and the good news is he misses two games. Then you have the bye week. Correct. So he really actually, from today, he actually has four yes. actual weeks to try to get back. So that's your first measure of hope. Thomas returns. Yes. Your second measure of hope is that you gain experience with Matthew Parrott and you hope that as he continues to get more and more snaps, he starts to progress. That's hope number two. Hope number three is that if you can at least keep the same five guys out there, that there'll be some measure of consistency and that maybe they will start to grow together and that will give you some incremental improvement. Those are the three best avenues you have to improve this offensive line in midseason. Yeah, I, I just don't 
and I look, and I, I totally get where the caller was coming from. You want to try to add offensive line up? Absolutely. And great. They should be scouring the trade market. Absolutely. You always want to try to get better on the offensive line. You just don't see those types of players become available unless, to your point, Paul, it's a vast overpay. I mean, I don't know. The only the only other possibility you'd have, and I don't believe there's anybody under these circumstances, but I'll I'll mention it. You know how they just grabbed the linebacker McKinney off of the street the other day? Yep. Mm-hmm. Now, he had had a shoulder injury, and it had lingered. And that was part of the reason why he was out of football and wasn't picked up during the course of the summer. Sometimes you will get a veteran who has a decent resume, who had an injury at the end of last season, was rehabbing during the offseason, and was looking for an opportunity to get back into the league and wants to play. That's why sometimes he'll say, well, I'm not going to go to this team or that team because I know if I go there, I'm strictly going to be a backup uh, emergency, just break glass, and that's the only way I'm going to get into a game. Sometimes you'll get one of those guys, and McKinney is one of those guys who looked at the Giants situation and said, you know what? They've been hurting at linebacker. Martinez is out. There are snaps there to be had. Uh, I'm healthy. I'm feeling good. I'm in shape. You get a guy with a respectable resume who can now come in and walk in off the street during the middle of the season. That doesn't happen very often. I'm not saying that McKinney is going to be a star for the Giants. Please trust me. I'm not saying that at all. But all I'm saying is he does have a respectable resume, and that is one way and probably the only way that I know of that you can acquire somebody of any substance without having to give something up. Yeah, and we just don't know if that player exists. I No, I've looked. On the offensive I've line. I've looked at the street free agents. That guy, as far as I'm concerned, is not there. 201-939-4513. Tim is down in Charleston. He's up next. Tim, what's up? Hey, John Paul. How you doing? What's up? Well, Hi. You got, you, got a, you got a happy Giants fan here. I'm not going with any criticisms. I mean, we have them, but we're not going to talk about them. I went into work this morning, and uh, I said, I'm in a good mood. And everyone said, boy, that's a change. What's, what's the difference? <laughs> I said, my Giants won yesterday. I said, that doesn't happen much. But anyway, I got just... I actually made a little list hoping I could call in today, and it's real quick. I'm just going to go through it, let you guys decide which ones you want to comment on and how much time you want to spend on them. Sure. First of all, to what you guys started off with on the defensive effort, um, yeah, the tackling was better, and I particularly liked, I felt like for the first time all season, we really saw them swarming to the ball that I haven't seen yet this year. Maybe it was an optical illusion, but I thought I saw that, and that to me is Giants football, having – Nine guys, eight guys, nine guys in, in the camera shot on every tackle. And so the other thing, now, after yesterday, at least for a little while, no one could say that Jason Garrett's play calling wasn't creative. I think he was, he was aside from that one crazy play, he, I think he showed a good mixed bag of stuff. Um, I like the fact that Leonard Williams, after his sack there in the end zone or that, uh, you know, that intentional groundling, was throwing kisses to the crowd, making nice. <laughs> that, that was, was cool. Funny. Yeah, yeah, apparently, apparently and, he, Tim, he said before the game, he was kind of joking around with that fan pregame, too. He was kind of, you know, going back I heard, and forth I read a little that, bit. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I read that. And then the other thing, John, and you'll like this, because I listen to all your content, not just the BBKL, and I did listen to your whole interview with Logan Ryan. I love listening to him. He is such a smart man. Yep. You know, and, and 
I, I mean, he's probably going to make it up in his career that he won't have to, but I think he'll make a great coach someday if he decides to go that route or a commentator mm-hmm. even. But anyway, yep. one thing that I, I, I thought, I, one thing he said that I think was telling in the game, uh, again, maybe an illusion, but he said, you know, being captain's one thing, but I've got to focus on being the best safety I can be for the Giants right now. That's what I've got to worry about. I can't be worried about motivating other guys. I've got to make sure that I play my game to the highest level. And by the end of the first quarter, I felt like it showed, when he, especially when he almost took that guy's head off and knocked that pass down, whichever quarter that was in. I feel like Logan Ryan played a great game. And just the one thing, I, don't, I wouldn't even call it a criticism, is just – I would just like to see the Giants try to move the ball to the left side a little more. You know, any reason Daniel Jones can't roll out to the left a little bit with a little option pass run? You know what well, I mean? The reason uh, it just seems like everything's to the right. All right, Tim. Thanks for the call, man. We appreciate it. One, we agree. Paul and I said right after the game that we thought Logan Ryan probably played his best game of the year. Agreed. Number two you don't really want to roll out your right-handed quarterback to the left very often. It's very hard for them to then square their body around and make the throw down the field. And I would also just gather that their decision to move the pocket right a lot yesterday, which is, Tim, you nailed that. It's absolutely correct. Mm -hmm. I think probably had to do something with trying to help out your protection on the left side of the offensive line Mm -hmm. would, would be my bet. I would agree with that. And again, it's much easier for a right-handed quarterback to make a throw rolling right than left. Now, what they will always tell you, too, remember when you start rolling the pocket horizontally, because of the physical difficulties to throw across your body. And you don't want the guys to throw across your body. And the riskier chances of interceptions and of making errant throws. What many offensive coordinators will tell you is that when you do that, you're basically limiting your quarterback to half the field. Oh, no. You're basically telling him. You're not him, basically. You are. Well, some guys are very good at it. Stafford, Rodgers, Mahomes. Yeah, those guys are freak shows, though. They are right. freak shows. Yeah. In most cases, you're, you're telling your quarterback, okay, you know what? Just forget about that half of the field. We're going to reduce your options. Yep. And, you know, if you're the Giants, and right now with the limited resources you have, do you really want to reduce his options? Probably not. Yeah. So, that's that's my guess. And again, the reason you roll the pocket a lot in that game is that you don't want to get you don't want to give those two edge rushers that that ring to go around those tackles to get a free run at the quarterback. Because trust me, and I'll and I'll say this, and I'm being completely honest. If the Giants got to a point in this game, Paul, where they're down double digits in the second half, it's a problem. It would have gotten. Do you remember the end of the Cardinals game last year? Mm-hmm. It would have been just like that. And Brian Burns would have been eating Daniel Jones for lunch. And Hassan Reddick would have an appetizer of Daniel Jones. And Derek Brown, by the way, who was all up in that backfield too, he would have had a couple bites for dessert. You know what, John? And that's why yesterday I made a big point on the postgame of saying in the second half when the Giants scored on four straight possessions. It was a touchdown, a field goal, a field goal, and a touchdown. It's only the second time this season that the Giants' offense has scored on four straight possessions. What was the other they game that they even in did in Washington? It? Really? Okay. Yes, they did. They had a touchdown and three field goals on four straight possessions. But yesterday, by doing that, and I know there was a short field. On, on In fact, on three of those drives, there was a short field. Three of the drives were under 35 yards. But here's the important part. They got points. 
because every time they got points, even field goals, they were widening the lead a little bit and making things that much easier for the defense to continue shutting Carolina down. That's the whole complimentary thing that Coach Judge talks about. thousand percent. And the same way I said if the Giants had to work from behind, you'd see the offensive line have problems. The Panthers' offensive line kind of survived for the first two and a half, three quarters. When the game was close. What happened when they had to pass it every time and they got down? Once you start widening the lead against a team that has offensive line difficulties. It gets very hard. Or has trouble in the running game. Yep. They're climbing uphill and the mountain starts getting taller. Yeah, it really does. 201-939-4513. Scott in New Mexico is up next. Scott, what's up? Hi, guys. Hi. Uh, Well, I'm a happy Giants fan because I won all the money back that I lost on the Dallas game. (laughs) Okay. Good for you. I guess that's a good reason. Hopefully you use DraftKings, the official betting partner of the Giants. <laughs> uh, I have a couple of questions. Uh, going back to your point, Paul, with McKinney, I thought he played outstanding football along with Roche, and I thought the linebacking core sort of picked up a little bit. And I had talked to you last week about whether a team meshes with the players that they have, and yesterday I got the sense that they did. I realized that uh, – they were playing against uh, an inferior quarterback. Uh, I think they had. Did am I right in assuming that Carolina didn't have any had eight uh, opportunities to get a first down and they never got one? Well, they they they, they were they, like that. they were two of sixteen and I think two of fifteen, two of fifteen on the game. I'm sorry. And look, I, I don't know if there was eight straight or not, but I know they had a lot of trouble converting on those third downs, especially in the second and third quarters. Roche did right. make a few plays though, and there was one tackle for a loss I remember in particular. That was the big on the was that did he he's going to tackle Shai Smith on the end of the round on the Panthers' first drive. I think to you're make right. It second and thirteen. Let me look at my notes. Hold I on. I think it might have been. I think that uh, was the first drive. Yes, it is. Yep. Second and three from the Giants' thirty-six. And Roche makes that play on the end around. Uh, and the Panthers were driving down the field on that first drive. Right. Too, so that was a very big play. They had to settle for a field goal. Here's the thing about Roche, though. Uh, when they picked him up, you know, nobody gave it much thought. I mean, this is a guy who had some ink in the draft, more as a pass rusher. Was he a fifth round pick? He ended up being a fifth rounder. Uh, that I, year? Think he was a, he was I think he was a six. six wasn't even, he might have been, 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 been a six. He might have been a six. But the point being, and I'm going to let you go in a second, Scott. The point okay. being that. He made his name at Miami as a pass rusher. Right. So far with the Giants, the play, the few plays that he's been in, he has shown some power and and some ability to stand up in the run game. No, I agree. Which surprises me based on his rep and what we saw on his highlight tape. Yeah, he was a pretty undersized edge guy, which is why right. we all kind of thought of him as a, as a pass rusher. I think he's pretty rusher. strong for his size. What I'm seeing, he's got a good power quotient. I think he's done a pretty good job. Anyway, go ahead, Scott. So can the addition or adding players actually constitute to make a better uh, defense uh, than they were showing before, just the addition of players like uh, McKinney and Roche, make them more complete, or do they still have problems? Because it seemed like they played very effectively. Granted, they weren't playing against the greatest of teams, but it looked like they played better. No, and they did. The other com- no, but Scott, the other com- by the way, just, 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 just very quickly, and then you can finish. Sure. We're gonna find out the next three weeks whether or not this right. was <laughs> whether or not this is this thing's fixed and it's like last year or it's oh it's just another you know poorly playing offense like you had you know last year against Philly and Washington and whether or not that's the reason or whether or not they have it all fixed so we're gonna figure that out really fast in the next three weeks against some three pretty darn good quarterbacks. Okay, 
And the last comment I have is on the offense. It looks to me, and I think Phil Sims mentioned this, that Daniel Jones is your best player. And yesterday they cut him loose a little bit so he could run, which is I've been screaming they should let him do for the whole season. But in any event, uh, it doesn't matter who their receivers are. He seems to be releasing the ball faster. This is just my looking at the game than he was previously. No, he is. And, he kind of has and, to. <laughs> and he also has a sense of now where he needs to position himself on the field, so to speak, in regards to where where he wants to where his release points are and where he wants to throw. But I'm trying to figure the Giants' offense out, and it's obviously hard to do. So uh, as, I, as I take this question off the air, do you have a sense, because they're, they're mixing and matching receivers almost every week, do you have a sense that they can get some continuity to the offense with Daniel Jones being sort of the centerpiece or the cinch pin that makes the offense go? And I'll, I'll take your answers off the air, guys. Thanks. Thank you. Is Shepard coming back this week? That would help. Kadarius Tony, Kenny Galladay. He doesn't have as much experience with Tony and Galladay as right. he does Shepard, mm-hmm. obviously. Although we heard from Galladay. Were you there, John, the day Galladay told us that he had spent time over the summer with Jones throwing? So he has a little more experience catching Jones passes than he would otherwise have if he had just come into training camp. So maybe that kind of accelerates it a little bit. But the truth of the matter is, if – I said this on the pregame about Slayton, remember? The wide receiving core that the Giants brought into yesterday's game did not have a ton of experience with Jones except for Slayton. Slayton was the guy who I thought was going to be the most in sync with Jones, and I think that proved out to be true. What did he do? Five catches for 63 yards. He did lead the Giants in receiving yardage yesterday. Mm-hmm. That should not surprise anybody. And he had one called back, too. He, he did. had more. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I think, Scott, your answer is, yeah, if, if Shepard comes back, now you have Shepard and Slayton. That's at least two guys who he's been around now for three years. No question about it. 201-939-4513. I'll try to squeeze in a tweet here coming in from Mike D. This is You just sent it to me and Lance, but I assume you're included on this too. That's all right. Maybe instead of being passive-aggressive to callers who want to talk about the draft, you think about why they want to talk about it. A win over Carolina doesn't change that story. Well, Mike, here's the thing. We're not being passive-aggressive. I'm being openly aggressive about it. I'm not talking about the draft because it's silly. Because it is. The college season's not even over yet. I have people calling. I'm not asking draft this player, draft that player. They're saying draft positions. I say it during draft season. I'll say it again. You don't draft positions. You draft players. You don't say I'm drafting this position no matter what because you know why? That's how you wind up with bad players that just happen to play a position that you need. So, guys, and, and, and I'm going to be totally honest about something else. You know who has done zero draft prep so far? Bingo! The two guys sitting in this room. Bingo! So, I know who, like, Kayvon Thibodeau is from Oregon. He's a good pass rusher, apparently. Can I name another five guys that the Giants could draft? Nope. Can't you see, do it. You know what I love about that answer, John? Most people get on the air, and they love to talk about these sports radio hosts who say they know everything, and they will bluff their way through. I'm not, I'm not, and they don't will fake sm- it here. And they will smoke their way through those kinds of questions. I'm not faking you it here. You and I have been telling people for years, because we go to the Combine together. I've been going with you now for a number of years. 
We go to the combine together, and we do a tremendous amount of work to prepare for that trip. A- and, and then, by the way, we the- get a lot done at that trip and, and after that. And I'm at the Senior Bowl a month before You're that. You're at the Senior Bowl, too. Yeah. That's where you really start going. That's at. where I start going. Okay. Yes. So, so the truth of the matter is. Guys, we're traveling okay? on Saturdays. We're calling college games. We're not sitting there watching 12 no. hours of college football on Saturday. No. First of all, if I did, I'd get divorced. Second of all, <laughs> I just don't have the time. <laughs> I mean, look, I'm being very honest with you guys. No. I just no. am. And so, you know, I don't, I've told people openly for a long, long time. I'll watch an occasional big college game if I have the time. Yeah, sure, Again, me too. You and I are both calling games with the Northeast Conference. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we don't have a lot of time. But I don't start even thinking about prospects until we get to the bowl season. Because I usually have a chance to watch a lot of the bowl games, okay? You know, at the end of December, early January, I'll get a chance to watch a lot of those games. And that's when I'll start saying, hey, I want to make a note about this guy. Or I've seen a few things. That's the first time that I even think about the draft. Look, we know what the needs are. You need more pass rush. You need to protect a little bit better. I mean, we all know what the needs are. But if you think, first of all, we don't know what the team's picking. All right? That's another thing. We have no idea where they're picking, where their pick's going to be, where their pick's going to be. So, look. We can call in like DePaul says and just, you know, BS and, and, and We're go not on do about that. it. But we don't want to waste your time because we don't think it's it's good content, to be quite honest with you. Anyway, so that'll, uh, that'll, that'll do that. There was one piece of information that just came out, I believe, John. I wanted yes. to make sure I got to it. The Bears are making a change. Well, Did you see that? Well, Matt Nagy has COVID. So that might be what you're looking at there. Okay. I had an alert on my phone. I thought it had something to do with the quarterback situation. But maybe I didn't see that correctly. I don't know. I've not seen that pop up on the screen. I did see that Matt Nagy has been diagnosed with COVID with the Bears. That's the only piece of news that I've seen. If you which find something is, which else, is, which, is, which is not good. No, obviously not. 201-939-4513. Uh, let's go to, I think, Len in Columbia, Maryland's up next. What's going on, Len? How are you, sir? Hey, guys. How you doing? What's going on? And by the way, that well, is correct. The, the Nagy news is the only news that popped up. I thought I saw something about a quarterback. Not true. Thank you. Not true. And so we will see how the Bears play out the rest of the season. Go ahead, Len. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Well, nice win yesterday. And, um, you, you, you know, the game started. Uh, Carolina got – here we are at home. And Carolina got the ball and drove down the field, took six minutes off the clock. And what excitement there was in the stands got deflated a little bit. But that was the only three points Carolina scored in the whole game. So, yep. uh, yeah, good – good. Uh, I mean, just, just a good game by everybody yesterday. Well played and – yeah, you know, I said last week in the immediacy of the, f- the future, I thought two things had to happen. One, I thought Daniel just had to show some consistency and and really start playing better and carry the team a little bit. And you know, we got a good one yesterday. Hope hopefully that carries over. You know, he fell off a little bit after the New Orleans game, but he had you know a real good one yesterday. And ho- hopefully he can carry carry forward on it. And um, you know, secondly, I said I thought um, I'd like to see Logan Ryan jump up in the air and knock a pass away, and then I was willing to trade four of his tackles for four pass defenses every game, and he made a really nice play on that ball yesterday. And he he's got a lot of tackles. He's probably leading the team. Yes, yes. Um, but uh, you, you know, he he's got to knock some balls away in that deep safety spot, and it was a good spot yesterday. You know, I I ha- I have I have no way to prove that. Oh, first of all. Where were you guys yesterday? I came to see you, and I'm I'm watching I'm watching Marvel stuff on the stage. Engineering issues. Yeah, we we had the guy who engineers your show down there had a personal emergency, so we had to do okay. the show up in the booth, unfortunately. Yeah. Okay. 
Well, Sorry man, about I'll that. I'll try to catch you. That's, that's okay. I thought it was something weird. I was asking around, and everybody said, now, I don't know where now, they Len, are. Now, Len, I am that. looking into it. There is a rumor that Lance went and slashed the guy's tires so he wouldn't have to meet you outside, but I haven't been able to confirm <laughs> that yet. <laughs> Actually, just make there sure you if you're looking for Lance, you know, you got to uh, look you know, underneath I, I the wanna, table because he's not tall enough to be on top of it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I didn't want to say anything, but I thought Lance might have had a say in all this. <laughs> Okay, he heard that Charlie game, might be well, coming down from New you. England. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I'll try to catch you for the Raiders game. Great. Um, anyway, good, good. Um, you know, good, good feeling yesterday coming out of the stadium. Um, I, I, well, what I was starting to say, I'm not sure I have the facts to prove this, but over the last three to four years, guys, I just get the feeling our offensive line handles four-three defenses better than we handle three-four. Defenses. I, uh, I, 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 I don't have an answer big, to that. I don't know. Yeah, I know. I know. It's just, it's just a feeling I have. Those big nose tackles just give us trouble inside. And that extra linebacker on the field with a little bit of speed just gives us a lot of trouble. Um, I mean, the offensive line, I mean, it's <laughs> you guys have been talking about it today. I mean, it is a problem. And as Paul said, if, if we can at least get Andrew back. I think that's the best we can hope for this, you know, this season. And you know, again, we address the, you know, address the issues in the, you know, in the off season. But hey, uh, a nice day at the stadium yesterday, and um, good for them. I hope it carries on a little bit. Um, you, you know, some guys came up, made some plays, but basically for me, uh, a big sigh of relief to watch Daniel kind of bring it all together. I mean, did I, he caught a pass? Through passes, uh, no turnovers, uh, ran the ball well. Uh, I mean, that, that's the kind of quarterback play you need. And uh, I know we didn't play a great team, but listen, you, you, you got to beat the teams you're better than on that day. Yeah, and they and, didn't do uh, that against that's, Atlanta that's and Washington. Yeah. Let's face it, mm-hmm. okay? Yeah. They, they yeah. gave away yeah. two games. Think about that, Len. If they didn't give away the yeah. two games to charity, their record would yeah. be 4-3 and three today. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. Think yeah, about that. Yeah, absolutely. But again, a- remember, absolutely. I, I got to just point I out know. again, they went into New Orleans and beat the Saints, all right, yeah. which is, which is you know, I'm sure the Saints are saying, well, we gave away a team to a game that we're better yeah. than. So it's not fair to give the Giants all the close games. You just can't I, give I them all the close games. I, I know you feel that way. Yeah. Well, listen, um, on to Kansas City, and let's, 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 let's build on this. And hopefully we get a couple of guys back. You know, especially if we can get Andrew back, I think I think that'll help a little bit. But um, you know, I hate to put it all on the quarterback's shoulders, and but you know, you you, you got to pick one thing. You can't. I mean, there there are a lot of weaknesses. You can't deal with all of them. Uh, we we just need this this guy, and I'm rooting for him. I'm rooting for him, guys. I want him to work out. I don't I don't want to go through another. Let's let's get another quarterback and build from there. I I want this guy to succeed and. He, he showed me some stuff yesterday. All, all we need is a little consistency. Hey, thanks for get, taking my call. Go Giants. Thank it was you, a great day at this great day at the stadium. And by Take the way, and, and people want all the draft talk, I'll say this too. Guys, look, from my, my understanding, this is not a good quarterback draft coming up here. That's no. one thing I do know. We all I know, know that. I know it's a good defensive line draft, a good offensive line draft, but I know it ain't a good quarterback draft. So no, we've heard about that so for a while. So bottom now. line here, guys, and Paul and I obviously aren't in this 
camp with the fans that are trying to like move on from Daniel Jones while he happened in this offseason. No, 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 no. Hey, uh, I want to give Brandon London a shout out because he said something on the post game we did on MSG yesterday, and I think he's got something here. He's calling the Giants attack now the 3D offense because Daniel Jones can pass it, run it, and catch it. <laughs> How about I, that? I thought it was Daniel Jones, uh, Devontae Booker, and Darius Slayton. Oh, okay. I guess that fits too. But I know where he was coming from with the 3D, and I thought that was kind of neat. Very good. 201-939-4513. Paul, it's all your fault that Charlie's calling up. Charlie, go ahead. Blame Paul. It's well, all his fault. Well, look, as long as he's positive, he could stay on the line. Yeah, but hey otherwise, guys. we're going to have to get rid of him. Hello, Charlie. <laughs> hey, guys. Hey, look. It was a win. And I'm glad we won, and the defense won that game. Yes. And I think the turning point was is when Bradbury caught that interception, even though he did fumble it, thank God he got it back. You remember seeing him That is true. It? I held my breath. So I said, oh, I no, we're going to give right. it back to him. <laughs> now you make a good point. But, uh, and by the way, what would even been worse about that, that would have given the Panthers a first down, too. Inside the tent. Yeah, right. right. Yeah, you're, I know. No, you, no, you're right about that. That's fair. And the thing is, um, look, Daniel Jones did okay, but, you know, 200 yards, one TD is nothing to write home about. No, he was fine. He was fine. Hold on, hold on, Charlie. He didn't didn't make any mistakes. For somebody who likes to call him Mr. Fumbles, Ah, he didn't turn the ball over. Bingo. So now you have to take that back. He he didn't, but he did last week, and we'll see what I don't care about last week. week. This is a what have you done (laughs) for me lately situation. I know. But the thing is, you can't – I'm sorry. You keep running this guy, and you keep throwing him passes. This guy's going to get hurt. You can't – he can't be the main focus of the whole team and the running back and the wide receiver and everything because he is going to get hurt. Paul desperately Paul desperately wants to say he agrees with you, Charlie, but I could tell he's trying not to, and it's killing him <laughs> inside. you got to see his face. I just cut my tongue out of my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> no, but look, you know, honestly, the one thing I've noticed, the trend, and this will be in my uh, Five Factors article later on Giants.com, you notice against what teams the Giants like to run Daniel Jones on those keepers against? It's the teams with the big-time edge rushers that scream up the field. Mm-hmm. I think they believe that that helps slow that down a little bit, and you take advantage of the overaggression. Think about it. His best game running the ball was against what team? Washington. What do they have? Two fast edge rushers screaming up the edge. Who else mm-hmm. did they try it against this week? Yep. Who do they have? Carolina. Two small edge rushers that like to rush up it's the true. field. So that's if you guys want to figure out a formula here moving forward as to when you think Daniel Jones is going to be a big part of the rushing game, I think it's going to be against those teams that have those edge rushers that are fast and they like to get up the field. That's where I think the Giants have the advantage in those situations. Charlie, there is no question that it is a very dangerous and risky proposition Yep. To go into a game every weekend thinking that your quarterback might be your leading rusher. That, to me, I don't care what Lamar Jackson does for the Ravens. I've told you people a million times he would never be my quarterback. I appreciate what he has done. I get the production. I get his talent. But that style of quarterback, when you run your QB that often and you expect him to be your leading rusher on Sunday, you're asking for trouble. It's not a good thing. All right. I, I agree. And the thing is, I mean, yeah, we won and everything, but our still we couldn't run the ball. Uh, I mean, Booker runs hard. There's no doubt about it. But hey, you know, I'll, the O line did okay. You know, I mean, it, I mean, it is what it is. 
uh, at least I didn't see much uh, rotation going on. I think they stuck with uh, their left guard. No, the there was there was actually there was actually no rotation. The only time no. one of their offensive yeah. linemen left the field was when Parrott had that finger issue for a couple Cunningham of snaps in, in the fourth quarter. That's, That's it. it. Otherwise, you're right, Charlie. Right. Their starter stayed on the field the whole game. You know, yeah. two quarterback sacks and only five quarterback hits. And, and that those are decent numbers. And I'll, that was, I'll take that. And that yeah. was after, by the way, Judge said last week that all the offensive linemen would play. So he must have liked what he saw in the game to keep those guys out there. Well, didn't I say no, earlier that continuity may be one of your three hopes to see it get yeah, better? maybe. Maybe. Yeah, maybe you heard me last uh, the other day. I'm sure that's what uh, it was. <laughs> when I gave him my, when I said what things he should do with his process, and that was one of them, stop the stupid rotation. So there you go. Okay, guys. Uh, Thanks, Charlie. We'll see what happens. I mean, I'm not looking at any playoffs or Super Bowl. We'll see what happens against Kansas City. And even if more plays their backup, he's a pretty good quarterback. You so, mean uh, Henny, we'll Henny, Henny, Chad Henny. Oh, 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 yeah, Henning. I'm yeah, it's sorry. Chad, yeah, Chad Henning. Thank you, Charlie. H-E-N-N-E. <laughs> Try to be this nice the next time you call in and Lance is in the chair, okay? And Lance would never let that happen. <laughs> um, no, honestly, though, it looks like Mahomes is going to play. He, he, was, he talked to the media after the game yesterday, which tells you he's not in concussion protocol. And I know there were like, rumors running around yesterday that he hurt his knee. That is not the case. So unless there's something that happens this week that sets Let's back see how he practices. Symptoms later in the week. It can be delayed. You never know. It can happen. Absolutely. You never know. But right now, I think you have to be mentally prepared for Mahomes yeah. to be. And I'll just say this very quickly, and, and, and then Rich will get you to cl- wrap up the show here. This kind of feels a little bit like to me, Paul, the way I felt heading into that Seahawks game last year. Where Russell Wilson's still Russell Wilson, the Seahawks are still the Seahawks, but heading into that game last year, the Seahawks were not looking like themselves. And I think right now the Chiefs are certainly not looking like themselves. So, much like I talked about how you, you want to take advantage of the weakness of these teams, well, now it's your turn to keep it going against the talented team that's struggling. So you got to see what the Chiefs have struggled with now over the past few weeks in this season, to be quite honest with you. You need to keep that ball rolling down the mountain. Don't let the Chiefs stop that rock and start pushing it back up because then right. you're going to be in trouble. you got to keep it going here. Whatever issues the Chiefs have had, turnovers being a big part of them, not getting any stops is another part of it. you got to keep that ball rolling here because the Chiefs, look, over the, since Patrick Mahomes took over, this is literally as vulnerable as this Chiefs team has ever been based on how they're playing. Yes. So go there, play good football, and maybe you have a chance to take advantage of it. I will add one thing to that, John. Somebody who has been watching the Chiefs this year called me this morning, and he said, um, boy, if the Giants' defense can play like they did yesterday, they'll have a real chance in this game because one of the problems that Kansas City has faced this year is that – Teams are playing zone in the secondary. They're playing all deep. Yep. And they're not giving up the yak yardage. Yep. Big plays. No and, big plays. And Kelsey and Tyreek Hill have made a living with yak yardage. And they're not getting yak yardage anymore. Yeah, and Patrick Mahomes, has, he's, he's un, as great as he is, and he's unbelievable, he doesn't like to just play that dink and dunk game. No. His, every instinct in his body is wanting to make big plays. He wants to hit guys on the run so Correct. that they could take off after they catch it. And if he wanted to, he could just hit, all right, six yards here, six yards there, five yards there, all day if he wanted to. It's just not in his DNA to play that way. No, so, it's not. 
No, it's not. He's, he's, I think he's thrown eight picks already so yeah, far this year, too. Chiefs lead the league in turnovers. So, and, and you've already talked about the fact that their defense, they're getting no pass rush whatsoever. This, now, this reminds me. Chris Jones did come back this week, which will help Yes, him. he did, yes. against Tennessee. Mm-hmm. I, I will say, I will say, and I haven't looked at any of their tape yet, so please. Not me neither. I reserve the right to come back on this. But from what I've been told about the Chiefs' defense— this almost goes back to, remember when Spags came back to the Giants for his second tenure here as the defense coordinator? And he was doing everything he could to scheme up a defense that was very, very weak. Lacking Didn't, in talent? Right. Lacking in talent. And the Giants were in every game. They lost, I think, five or six games in the final two minutes of the fourth quarter that season because he was performing magic getting that defense to actually be competitive. And right now, that's the trouble from what I've been told in Kansas City. He just doesn't have a lot of puzzle pieces to put together on the table. Which is why I think it's really important. And again, I don't want to get too into this. We've got a week to talk yeah, about and this. I haven't watched them either, right. so uh, please. Well, that's why I think it's really important for the Giants to get some playmakers back. Because if you, if you don't have your playmakers, Huge. not having a ton of talent on defense doesn't matter because you're not going against A-plus starting talent on offense. You know yeah. what I mean? So then that talent differential is not necessarily going to be as stark as it might be in other games. So very important. And guys, stay tuned to the show all week. Stay tuned to Giants.com, the Giants mobile app. We'll keep an eye on Barkley all week, Galladay, Sterling Shepard, um, and uh, Saquon Barkley all week to see if those guys can get back. And Kadarius Tony, they can get back on I the field. I think Tony and Shepard, to me probably, based on what we've seen, are the closer of the four. I agree with that. And I'd love to see both of them out there. Yeah, but we haven't really seen Barkley or Galladay do anything no. yet. So no, we have not. 201-939-4513. Rich in Virginia will wrap us up today. Hey, Rich. Hello. John and Godfather Tatino, love you guys. Thank you. As a typical diehard Giants fan, you make me cry and you make me laugh, but that's the uh, state of the Giants fan, right? Make a quick point on the offensive line and then a question on Isaiah Wilson, if you don't mind. Sure, sure. Uh, a lot of people call into you and, you know, they allege the Giants haven't addressed the offensive line. They need to uh, look at Giant history. Now, I go back to 1961. I've seen every game. That's before Datina was even an embryo. So, um, I mean, <laughs> you, can, true. you can go back to – you. that's right <laughs> – you can go back to John Hicks if you remember John Hicks. I sure do. Let's talk. Yes, sir. Ohio State. You, uh, that's it. And uh, he didn't actually work out. But let's go to more recent times. Jerry Reese drafted Eric Flowers, number one out of Miami, left tackle. It didn't work out. Now he's a serviceable guard for the uh, Washington football team. In comes uh, Getty. That guy that called in last week calls him Getty. I love it. Okay, so Getty addressed the offensive line. He brought in two high-priced free agents. Overpaid for Solder, brought in Kevin Zeitler. Okay, that fills a need. Traded for Zeitler. We know the history. Right. So we brought, and we got, well, so, you know, Solder obviously hasn't worked out. Draft choices. Nick Gates, I believe, undrafted free agent. Hernandez, second second round out of of Texas. A.T., number one draft choice two years ago. Um, Lemieux, out of Oregon. Okay, it is what it is. So here. He filled, that's right, Matt Parrott out of Connecticut. Paid for Omame, didn't year. work out, got rid of him. He has made right. moves. Now, they haven't, they're not all of them in the exactly. out, but they, no. have, they have tried. They and that's what tried. we keep telling people that's all right. the time. And by the way, too, Rich, just real quickly, right. you want to go back to Jerry Reese even some more. Don't forget Justin Pugh first round, Weston Richburg second round. 
Mm-hmm. I mean, they That's tried. Right. It just didn't work. Exactly. So in this year, here's another key point. J.J. and D- Dave Gilman did a Jim Fossil. You heard it on the Getty's press conference. They put their chips in the middle of the table, all of Fossil, and said, we're going to play the young kids. We're going to give them a chance to play because that's who we drafted them. Then and then Gates and you got one. hurt. Yeah, and, and Andrew that's Thomas got right. hurt. That's Exactly. Yeah. So, perfect storm. And you guys did an excellent analysis earlier, and we talked about it yesterday on our conference call. Um, the guys that they have in now are backups at best. They're doing the best they can. You know, like you can't make you can't make uh, mm-hmm. flaming yawn on a hamburger. It cannot do that. So that's that's my point. The second thing is, I wanted to ask you if do you know the status of uh, Isaiah Wilson? Is he anywhere near of being you know being activated? Thank you, Rich. Appreciate the call. Look, Wilson was under the weather last week, so he wasn't really in the facility. I think stomach until virus. Friday, yeah. So he had a bug. To, yes. to quote Joe Judge. So I still think they're probably in the process of getting him up to up to snuff, um, mm-hmm. cardiovascularly. Conditioning. They, yeah, conditioning. Thank you. Until they get him out on the field. So I think that's kind of where they are. I, I would not think we're going to see him before the bye week. If Let's put it this way. Coach Judge and Coach Sale, uh, the offensive line coach, have both said that they really don't know what he can give them on the field yet because they haven't reached that point. Yeah. But he's intriguing. He's big. He's strong. He played at a big-time pro- big program, Georgia, in the SEC. So to think that there's a chance by the end of the season that he could provide some help, maybe. That to me maybe. is – that to me is look, you're assuming you get Thomas back and you have Solder and Parrott. I don't see him moving ahead of any of those three guys this year on the depth chart. Could he possibly play guard, though, John? Oh, maybe you know that's a good question. I don't know. That's possible. My With point his size, is that to, he, he, he could. To me, the Wilson move is a long-term play more than it is a short-term 2021 well, play. In my opinion, sometimes I causes you to under, do things. I understand that. <laughs> who knows? I mean, the point is, at least he's in the building, and he's a guy who had had a good college resume. So, could he, at some point in time during this season, provide some fruitful snaps? Possibly, but I don't think either one of us here at this table are going to go any further. Paul, good stuff. Yeah, it was fun, John. For Paul Dottino, I'm John Trunk. Thanks for being with us on Big Blue Kickoff Live. By the way, if you're interested in becoming a Giant Season Ticket member, make sure you check it out and give our season ticket representatives a call at 888-NYG-1925. The season's underway, but there's still a lot of time to secure your season tickets. You can also get a Giant Suite, if you like, and take in all the action of Giants football from your very own private suite. They're a great way to entertain your family and friends while rooting on the Giants at MetLife Stadium. You can also talk to a suite rep in addition to a season ticket representative by calling 888-NYG-1925. For Paul Dottino, I'm John Schmelk. It's Meadow and Fiegel's tomorrow at 1230, and they'll take you all the way through your Tuesday Big Blue Kickoff Live. We'll see you then, everybody.